Welcome back, guys. It's Anne Marie and Dr. Jamie, and today I'm really smiley. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm really triggered because my internet was so wonky and it kicked me off of a really big uh, lecture this morning. But overcome, adapt, resiliency, we're here. I think that because the last three days were so sh shitty days, emotionally and all of the above, today I was like, you know what? I don't care anymore. I'm just gonna like smile and eat whatever I want, do whatever I want, and not give a flying, you know what. <laughs> so, so, with that said, which is so appropriate for our talk today. Exactly. It's perfect because we're gonna talk about our emotions and we're gonna talk about how we cope with them with either drinking or eating or maybe not eating. Right? Because it's like, I think like the worst thing is when I overeat. And I guess like so many people go the opposite direction, right? They just don't eat. Like, which sometimes I'm like, I joke, I'm like, oh, I wish I had that problem, but probably not. Um, yeah. I mean, what you're saying is, is that we all in some way respond with our diet based on our emotions. And that's true for everybody. It's stress causes, you know, difference for everybody. And sometimes it's like, irritating low levels of stress cause us to stress eat but big tragic levels of stress cause us not to eat and everybody will sort of have their own identity around this but it is very true that um we are so emotionally connected to our food we're physically spiritually emotionally connected to food that a lot of people right now are really struggling to figure out what to do with their diet do you think Let me ask you, do you think us as Americans have it worse than other other like places? Do you think we are attached to food more than other places? Or you think that's just like it's like a world thing? Like it's like it's everywhere. I don't know, because I um admittingly am not well versed in other cultures. I think humans are connected to food. And I think humans by nature Um, you know, we see other cultures use food for celebration and use food for reward and punishment in similar ways that we do in this country. I don't know if the prevalence or the incidence of uh, emotional eating is is equivalent. I, I'm just going to make an educated guess and say I think it is, but I, yeah. I don't know. Well, sure. I think like maybe maybe I think here we like have a lot more processed, packaged junk food than other places. Oh my gosh. Un undoubtedly, uh, in, we have more access and more exposure to things that are literally meant to be addicting and feel good. And sometimes people are shocked when I tell them this, but there are chemicals in junk foods, in the sodas and the candies and the, the sweets of the world that were literally added in to make you crave it more. I mean, yeah, sugar is like a drug, right? So, and then they add something on top of that and it makes it even more. Exactly. Oh, so that's... when people are like, oh, but like I crave it so much, like you're, we have to all think about our, and I've talked about this in the gut, like our neurotransmitters, our serotonin, all of those things that are, are dopamine, our feel good, our depressed, all those neurotransmitters are made in your stomach. And so we can feed them in a sense. And I'm making a very simplified version of what's a complicated process, but like there is an actual feel good response to somebody 
eating immense amounts of sugar, whether it's soda or Oreos, it's very temporary and it actually has a swing that makes us feel worse in the end. But in that very quick moment, the same way that a cigarette makes them feel good when they smoke it, in the same way, there is a very addicting property of some sugars in our brain. Huh. Yeah. I, <laughs> I'm just laughing. I'm just sitting here. I'm thinking about last night. Um, I'm not sure if you saw my post, but... Oh, yeah. The Pop-Tarts. <laughs> I mean, they were so good. I was like, this is life. I'm like, wow, have I been missing out for like 10 days, right? Because I've been so good and like, just like eating, eating lots of yummy stuff, but like nothing like that. Like I, I took it out of the package. I put it in the toaster oven. I warmed it up and it was like life. Like I was genuinely like smiling from like ear to ear. And then like one of my girlfriends called me and she's like, whoa, she's like, are you high? <laughs> and I was like, yes, on sugar. <laughs> It's true, but you needed sugar to nurture. And so, P.S., I slept like crap. I had awful nightmares because that was the worst thing I could have done. Like, gone to bed, like, with a full stomach of sugar. And by the way, I follow that by chips, just so you know. There it is. It's sort of that need, like, you just can't satisfy it and it feels so good. But, you know, listen, we're all human. And it's funny because one of my best friends, who's also an incredible therapist, always uses the example of how, like, when she's really, really stressed or in an emotional place, she goes and she gets a, you know, a container of ice cream and she picks around to get all the chocolate chips out, barely eats the ice cream, but digs for the chips and acknowledges how soothing and comforting that is. And in moments like that, like if you're telling me that, you know, once every 12 weeks, you just have this moment where it's like, you sit on your couch, you eat Pop-Tarts, you enjoy it, you're human, and you get over it and you move on. I mean, that's what life is all about. It's more of a, of a concern when I see people taking this pendulum swing and they then they punish themselves the next day for it. And then they never eat anything sweet again until they break it down again and they create this vicious cycle of, I'm never gonna eat sugar. I binge on sugar. I punish myself. I feel guilty. I'm never gonna eat sugar. I binge on sugar. And that's the most tumultuous relationship there. Well, which is what's basically happening right now to so many people, including myself, right? Like, because of like the the emotional distress that we're in based on this pandemic, you know, we it's like the only thing that we really have to, I don't know, express our feelings. I mean, at least for me, you know, uh, it's like the only thing that it's giving me that like, like momentary like happiness you know absolutely it really um it's interesting how many people right if you go on instagram scroll through all the people baking banana bread or challah and marie <laughs> or sourdough bread and there's something incredibly therapeutic in that process now yes. some people are taking that and you know baking the challah bread and then bringing it to their neighbors which is amazing and some people are taking it and then following up the therapeutic aspect of the baking with eating the entire thing which is not the great way to do it um but you know we can't deny the aspect of food being one a a nurture and um, a comfort and two also having drug-like properties some of the most 
uh, if you want to call them successful by numbers, maybe, but some of the most popular, you know, eating addiction programs in the world will say like no sugar, no flour, no wheat, no dairy. And it's because very much like alcohol and very much like cigarettes, there is such an addictive draw to food. What I want to highlight more is how much you don't have to be at that extreme, but how many people in your circles and the circles that I see really fall into this guilt trap. So they can't get off the guilt train of, I shouldn't eat if it's not perfect. I shouldn't eat it if it's not clean. I can't ever have sugar. I can't enjoy anything. And then that's not sustainable either. So guess what? Now your brain is angry at you. Yeah. I think that's such a good point you brought up because it's, you know, it's like anything. It's like any diet. Like I I went, you know, it's no secret that I sort of went down this path of like, I'm going to be vegan. I'm going to be this. I'm going to be that. I'm not going to. And then finally, full circle, I find myself with, I'm not going to be any of those things. I'm just going to eat sort of like an overall healthy diet, right? Like your greens and your healthy grains and your healthy protein and all of that stuff. But yet, you know, I find myself struggling not to fall into like the bad habits of like, you know, an over intake of like sugar and, and, and baked goods. So I'm so glad you said that because what you just went through is the journey that people are really, you know, needing to identify with being a certain thing because it's too untethering to be what they are, which is somebody who feels, somebody who is not perfect, somebody who, um, you know, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Somebody who, you know, changes and evolves, right? And so if someone says to me, like, oh, well, you must eat, which people say all the time, you must eat so clean. I'm like, no. I Have just you seen eat. our candy cabinet, people? Hello. I mean, <laughs> but what it is, is it's like, I just eat consistently. And then there's room. And when you're able to say, like, I can balance out and eat healthy most days, there's room to be able to eat the Pop-Tarts or there's room to be able to eat or drink the soda um, because it's so much about what we do regularly and every day that matters. It's not about being a certain thing. A label isn't going to make you any different than who you are. It's just going to allow you to not feel what you need to feel. Yeah, I'm over the labels. I told you, like, I just like, I can't hear one more thing what you are. Like, I'm like, you don't have, like, I don't understand. Like, and I was there for a second. Like, why do you have to put yourself in a box? Like, why do you have to say I'm this or I'm that? Why can't you just say nothing? If you're talking about a diet, if you're talking about a routine that you daily have, you know, you can just describe what it's like, what you have, what you enjoy, what makes you feel good, what doesn't make you feel good. Um, And you can also like discuss like, oh, you know, when I eat this way, I feel super good. And when I eat that way, I don't feel so great. But we have all like, including myself, falling into this like weird like pattern of like, oh, I'm going to be this or I'm going to be that or I'm going to follow this particular way. And like, I feel like that's just an add a stress to something that's already a stressful situation you know by well underneath it is a lot of insecurity so remember that it's when we're insecure about um how we feel about the way that we look about what we're doing that we we try and create 
of, uh, I don't want to use the word facade, but we try and create a, an image that will make us not have to feel or address what we are really feeling. So if I can say I'm this or I'm that, it allows me to identify with that instead of identifying with what I need to feel. I mean, yeah, I guess, right? It's, you know, it's hard because you just said something that I've been thinking because in my head, I keep saying to myself, okay, I'm gonna like eat as good as possible during this process. I'm gonna try and work out and stay in the best shape possible, not just to like look good physically, but then there's that added stressor like, you know, oh, if you do cardio 30 minutes a day, it'll be better for you if you, God forbid, get the virus or, you know, it's better if you're in, you know, in optimum health. <laughs> so like on top of all that stuff, you have all these things circling in your head. And then I, I go back the other way, like you always say you use the pendulum and I'm like, yeah, maybe I should just give it up. And then once the pandemic is over, then I'll pick it all back up. Like, forget yeah. it. Like, who cares? Like, I mean, it's like literally like, it's mind boggling. Like it drives me insane. And then at the same time, I'm like, oh my God, like, what if I let it go? And then as soon as it's over, like I get all these jobs and then I won't feel comfortable and like getting in a bikini or being in lingerie. And then like people will be judging me that like I got fat or out of shape. And like, I, I, it's like, I would like to stop thinking about all of it. You just, you just made such an important point, which is people will be judging. And that is where so much of our behaviors are driven from, which is the need to be loved, the need to be accepted, the need to be successful, the need, the need, the need to be is such a drive behind how we feel. And therefore, a lot of the decisions that we make are based off of what you just said, which is like, what are people going to think? How many likes am I going to get? Am I going to get the job? What is the following going to be like? I, um, I know she listens to our podcast, so she's going to know when, as soon as she hears this, but I was working with a client this morning um, and she had emailed me uh, and said, like, you know, I think maybe it's time for like a cleanse or a detox, LOL, because she also listens to our podcast, but, um, and then she's, and she's like, so can we do a visit, right? So we schedule a virtual visit and this morning we're on the visit and I'm checking in with her and, I, and she's like, I'm like, oh, how are you? What's going on? Why are you, you know, why are you feeling like you need to cleanse? And I know this, this client very well. So she's like, well, you know, I, I just, I don't know, like I'm, I'm working out. I just finished this four week program where, you know, this, this very famous fitness program and I feel like Beyonce when I wake up I feel like a rock star I feel good I feel successful I feel this is what she says to me I feel I feel energized I feel like I could take on the world she's like but I just don't look that way and I was oh, like, interesting oh so tell me more and she sort of went into this like you know I, I feel so good my diet is so healthy it has room for enjoyment but it's structured and and it's the best I've ever felt and my bloating is gone and my stomach like I couldn't feel physically I couldn't feel better but then when I look in the mirror and I don't see you know the the abs or the whatever like you know her own thing she said you know it's just like oh I feel like maybe I need to do more oh, and boy. it was such an interesting point and I said to her I said listen we're at a fork in the road we're at a fork in the road where you're either going to make a decision to try and change something that's not a healthy behavior or you're going to support and 
really nurture the healthy behaviors that you have made and understand that that's sort of the, the leading factor that's going to drive you in feeling better. And ultimately what came, and it's obviously a long visit and I'm telling the story, but what came of it was, you know, she, she does do follow this program and she's, she's amazing and she eats well and she's feeling good and she's made incredible changes, but subconsciously she's watching this woman on her app every day who has the perfect body and the perfect wavy hair and the perfect voice. And like, you know, this woman who, who looks a very specific way and then perfect is not my words. I'm just sort of summarizing the world. Right. Yeah. And so I said to her, I said, you know, what's happening is that there's this subconscious message that you're receiving every single day that because you don't look more like that, you're not doing good enough. And she just stopped for a minute and she was like, Yeah. And then she's like, yeah, I I forget I even asked for a cleanse or anything. And what it was, was that she was worried that she wouldn't be able to create what that image looks like, which is similar to what you just said, you know, feeling worried. And what if people don't think you look good? What if you do? What if you're not good enough for the world? Underneath all of this, for every single one of us is not feeling X enough, pretty enough, good enough, strong enough, lovable enough. Um, it's just not feeling enough in some realm. And therefore we nurture, we fill with drugs, we fill with alcohol, we fill with food. We need labels to make us feel better because you could say you're some type of diet and it feels better than saying, I feel lost in that world. Yeah. Very lost indeed. Lots of us (laughs) at certain points. So, I mean, I guess what, like, what do you do? Here is exactly what you do. Uh, this is this I'm, is why right, because I I, and I'm asking and I'm asking in all honesty, like I, you know, I work on so many different things, especially the last few years. Like for those who know me, like I have done so much work, not just like about this kind of stuff, but like spiritually, I've like I've tried to like look at situations differently that I used to handle, like stressful moments differently that I normally would approach um, people in different ways that I would have like I take a moment I pause I think before I react like and I'm and I I've done great and I feel really good in all of those things but when it comes to this particular topic you know I, I I know I can if you give me a goal I know I can meet the goal I know I can say I'm gonna do this for 30 days I'm gonna be and I'm gonna get to that you know from point A to point B but I don't want to have that discussion in my head 24 hours a day so I I would like to know how to like solve this war about do I eat that or do I not eat that or when do I eat that or how much of it do I eat so um, there are a few ways and I'm gonna tell you the ways that work for for me and my group of of people which might be different for others right because I have to sort of put the disclaimer there that there is a group in the world of sort of the intuitive eaters who believe that you know there's no such thing as diet eat what you want when you want how you want and that's fine everybody's entitled to their own belief I will tell you just right off the bat I don't necessarily believe that to be true because I think quality of food does matter I think the the foods that we choose help us to be healthier, prevent disease, inflammation, aging, and all that. So my answer is, you know, it keeps in mind healthy foods at the forefront of the conversation. But, you know, the first question that we all need to ask ourselves is, what am I really feeling? Is this 
is this me being hungry and craving things because I didn't eat properly for the, the past few days? Is this me being tired because I stayed up too late and my fatigue is showing up as cravings or food issues? Is this me being bored? Am I hungry or am I bored? Am I stressed and I'm trying so desperately to change my environment that I'm looking towards food to make me feel better because everything doesn't feel good right now? So the question, so the, the, the constant conversation that you're having in your head, should I not, should I, should I not, should I, it needs to change and it needs to be rewired into, am I, how do I really feel? Am I hungry? If I'm hungry, I'll go, you know, grab some almonds and an apple, but if I'm bored, I don't need to grab anything. I can, you know, come up with something else to do, change my environment, my mindset. Great. What is that? What is that other thing? <laughs> it, for us, everybody, it's different. For me, it might mean that it might really, honestly, if being honest, um, it's for me, it's handstands. Cause I'm such like handstands are my thing that like, if I turn myself upside down and I go into handstands, it just sort of feel better. My blood flows, my brain flows. I change that sort of stagnant feeling of I need something. For other people, it's meditating. For some people, it's singing. It's getting out of the room. It's it, it's drinking a glass of water. Everyone has to find their thing. My thing won't work for you. Your thing won't work for me. But am I hungry or am I bored? And what am I really feeling? Am I angry? Am I sad? Am I frustrated? Um, what's underneath that is a big part of it. And then, you know, for you and your industry, like the truth is, if you have a job in 30 days that you have to put on lingerie or a bikini, it is. it makes sense to say, I need to spend the next 30 days preparing my body for work the same way an athlete would prepare their body for competition. That's very different than at a time where you're not there and you're able to say, well, I don't have to be so specific. I can give myself some more leniency here. And when you do that, you'll have the confidence to say, I can get back to where I need to be. So in the meantime, what you're trying to tell me, since I don't have that 30-day thing, I should just do whatever. I'm just kidding. Yeah, well, <laughs> just fall off the wagon. You know, if you guys listen to our episodes in sequence, like two weeks ago or whatever, our last one, Amory was like, I'm giving up sugar and bread and I got rid of it and I told my daughter none. And she went on this this rant and I just sort of sat back and I was like, oh, okay, she needs to feel what she needs to feel. And now we're hearing the other side of Anne-Marie, which is like, <laughs> I, I couldn't do that. I needed the sugar. And really what you are all hearing in live, in real time and P.S. her and I did not have this conversation like that this would come up, but like what you're hearing in real time is somebody who's swinging through the pendulum of like, I have to be super clean and get it all out. I have to just have it and not allowing yourself to feel what you needed to feel in the past two weeks so that you didn't become the person who threw out all the bread and all the grains and all the sugars to the person who binged on all the sugars and all the chips, right? Because what you did was you went from one to the other. And how do you not do that? You, you have to do the really hard work, which is to be present in the moment of what is really happening. And for you right now, it's a lot of stress around certain particular things in quarantine. For me, it's similar, but you know, it's, it's different fears and different worries. I just did an Insta story on like, uh, what do I want? I want pizza. I want pizza. And every day I'm like, I want pizza. I want pizza. And I don't really want pizza. I want the experience of it. I want my life back. I want, I want to be out at my favorite pizza place with my husband and my daughters, but it's manifesting and I want pizza. And that would mean I'm eating pizza every night if I didn't have the insight to say, huh, is it really the pizza or is it really that I'm so desperately looking for that experience? Do you feel like you ever like at any point in your life 
went through something like what I'm like what we are going like meaning most people are going through or do you feel like you've always sort of been kind of strong in your like knowing what's right and what's wrong and like not letting the food affect you emotionally no I definitely was more of the side of where you're talking about um my my Achilles heel was not food as it was sleep right so everyone's got their Achilles heel the wind blows the wrong way and I would be up for two nights in a row because I couldn't sleep and so anytime like my my not feeling my anxieties my depressions my frustrations would manifest in my sleep and it wasn't until I actually started to really pay very close attention to needing to be angry to be sad to be frustrated to be triggered to be emotional that I was then able to not take all of that with me to to sleep. I have been that way with food, just not as much as like everyone sort of got their thing, right? So yeah. um I when I started to learn about how what how I really feel, I started to pay attention to how I really feel physically and what makes my body feel good and bad. And then the more I did that, the more I realized like ooh, eating certain foods like we've talked about before, the bagel, which is one of my favorite foods in the world. I don't I physically don't feel well when I eat it like you didn't feel well last night after the pop tarts. Yeah. And so I think it all ties together which comes down to this being so ever present in the moment of how we feel. We're so focused on what other people will think of us and we're so focused on what we think of other people that the most important person in the room, which is our, our inner voice, gets completely neglected. Yeah, we got to stop neglecting our inner voice. I think the world would be filled with better humans if we could all just actually feel what we need to feel. We'd be kinder, we'd be more patient, we'd be more thoughtful. Wouldn't that be great? <laughs> <laughs> that would be the perfect world, you know? That would be amazing. I um, think if I can sort of sum this up with one message, it's food freedom is not about not thinking about food. It's not about not worrying, you know, about gaining weight or losing weight. I worry about those things too. Food freedom is having a confidence to say, I know how to take care of my body every day and give it what it needs. And when I go off the map a little bit, I know how to find my way back. That's food freedom. It's not the freaking out and reacting to the freak out, but it's the understanding of okay, I can I can bring this back because I know how to do it because I trust myself.